There's a place in football for all of us. If you're ready to get involved with the game, head to usafootball.com slash leaguefinder. The Football for All podcast shares interesting stories happening in and around the game. I'm Jesse Giorzi. This season, we talk with people helping bring football to everyone and those impacted by the idea of football for all. Both football programs work as as hard as anybody out there as far as building the types of programs and putting in the type of work that it takes to succeed at a high level. But um, at the end of the day, for for both of our staffs, I I know I understand that uh, it's bigger than football. It's much, much bigger than football. Over the past few years, football has taken a little bit of a hit through different areas. And, you know, just to, you know, be out there and be supportive of everyone in our community and le- letting them know that, hey, you know, we're, we're here to do good things. And, uh, you know, just to get everyone out there and a sport that, you know, we all enjoy and having some fun out there. Friday Night Lights can often turn into something that resembles Friday Night Fights when it's rivalry week. Cross town or cross state, you want to cross their names out of the win column. Rivalries like this exist all across the country. Some older, some fiercer, but they all mean something to their respective communities. One such rivalry in Western Michigan features two schools that share both a city and a history. Portage Township High School opened 100 years ago. In fact, it was a school before Portage even became a city. In 1965, when Portage got too big, the high school was split in two, with Portage Central keeping the building and history, and Portage Northern breaking ground on a new plot of land and a new story to tell. And from that, a rivalry was born. 63 games later, Portage Central has the advantage, but they've both seen their share of successes in the competitive Southwestern Michigan Athletic Conference. Fast forward to this century, and the two programs linked up for something bigger than a game. Last June, they marched together against racism and police brutality. This summer, they decided to connect again, to put aside their rivalry to bring the fun and football to children with disabilities. It's called Campability, and each young athlete was joined by a Portage Northern Husky and a Portage Central Mustang. first person we'll talk to about campability is Kurt Twitchell, head coach of Porter Northern. He's new in that role, but he's not new to the community as he came over after several years as Porter Central defensive coordinator. Coach, talk to me about the genesis about this idea. When and where did it start? Yeah, uh, you know, a couple things that actually went into that. Obviously, uh, I came over from Portage Central as the defensive coordinator there and had an opportunity to be the head football coach at Portage Northern. And um, a lot of really great friends there, obviously, and, and uh, coming across the battle lines across town a little bit. But um, a year ago was some of the things that had been going on in our society. Central and Northern started a – I had an idea to come together and, and do a, a little bit of a march to show unification as as far as uh you know some of the un- unrest issues socially that were existing within our country and and i thought that that was a really productive 
positive thing for our community and, and for both to come together like that. And, and I think we had, there, there had been discussions even before I was the head coach at Northern about continuing to do something every summer that, that was a little bit community-based. And um, you know, my idea when I came on here was to have an idea for a special needs camp. And I thought that was a great way to bring together both sides of town, both football programs. And, and the inspiration for that idea specifically specifically with special needs camp was drawn from a couple different friends of mine in the coaching business here in the state of Michigan. And you know, they had great success with it and great community buy-in. Uh, so I did have some discussions with some of those guys that around the state and got some really good ideas about what we did, but uh, just reached out to coach Enders. Obviously he and I are, are very close and um, we had the idea here to put something together and, and had a lot of fun with it. What was that day like? Um, I guess even before that day, thinking about uh, how you were setting up the run of show, um, securing the field, even that can be uh, obviously a little bit of uh, you know an issue there, thinking of which field it's going to be on or which side of town it's going to be on. But in the planning phase of it, how did you look to, to set the day up? How did you look to, to reach out to people? And, and also, how did you get buy-in from each of your respective teams? Yeah, no, great question. It, it kind of started with uh, when the initial idea was set up there. So I, I didn't get hired until really the beginning of May was when I first kind of started, but knew that that was an idea that I wanted to get moving pretty quickly on, obviously with the summer coming up. Uh, and what we kind of did for that with campability was, uh, you know, being a teacher in the district, obviously, and, and we're a very, we're a large district with the two high schools combined about um, you know, the 12 to 1300 in that range per school. So we have eight elementary schools and three middle schools that are two high schools. And, and what we did was we ended up reaching out to the special education departments in all those different buildings, as well as the building administrators um, and some of our paraprofessionals that worked specifically with special needs kids and just kind of had an, an introductory email and idea about what we wanted to do. And I uh, got a lot of really positive feedback from that. We listed some volunteers. Years. We, we talked about the, the best way to maybe present that to our families in the community. Um, you know, so we want it to be specifically towards uh, a group of kids that maybe hadn't had the opportunity to really engage in football. And uh, what we ended up doing with that was we, we created some flyers and some signups and I uh, just wanted to get an idea within that sign-up process, maybe any accommodations that we needed to get uh, or any um, special things that we needed to make sure that we had ready to go for our campers to have a great experience. So I uh, had a lot of good feedback from our, our schools. And I know some of the special education departments in the different buildings really promoted that with the kids and sent home paper copies of flyers and email copies and, and all sorts of different things. So um, we, had, we had a lot of really positive response initially for that. So that was kind of getting it started. And then the actual day of, in terms of planning, again, I, I leaned on some people that had done a camp like this before instead of trying to, you know, just wing it on my own and really wanted to make sure that we, uh, that we were doing something that was fun and memorable for the kids. So uh, one of the ideas we had, obviously in, in a camp like this, you're going to have different stations and, and the ability to maybe rotate around a little bit, but, um, you know, specifically with some of the, uh, some of the needs that needed to be met with some of our campers, we, we decided not to do any sort of timed rotation, nothing of that nature. We had six open stations for about 30 minutes there where kids and their, and their families or their caretakers could just freely travel around. And, and what we ended up doing was we paired up every single kid with a buddy from Ported Central and a buddy from Northern as well. So everybody had a, a, a football player, a varsity player who was um, from each school, kind of their 
their guide a little bit throughout the day and got to know them and they all ate lunch together and uh, had some fun at the end. So, um, but we did that open period for a while. We had one of the stations was the ability to try on shoulder pads and helmets. We had a running back station, just going through some bags. Uh, we were throwing into trash cans with the quarterbacks. We were uh, blocking a little bit and, uh, and that was a lot of fun. So I think we had a lot of participation at all those different stations. So um, kicking was one of them as well. So just try to hit some different areas of the game. And we would have a, a coach at, at least one coach from each school that was at each of those stations, but they were mostly ran by the players. So um, that was a good time. And then we, we did a little touchdown celebration at the end. Everybody got a chance to score against either central or Northern and uh, went off and ate some hot dogs and some chips and, and life was good. So all, all our campers got to eat with their buddies. For, it's one thing for, you know, adults, obviously to, to put aside the, the rivalry side of things. It's a lot more difficult, you know, at the, at the high school level of, did you did you get that immediate buy-in from from both teams? Obviously, again, you've got relationships with plenty of the 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 young guys that you used to coach, and, and now you're building those relationships um, over at Northern. But was there instant buy-in uh, from from all the uh, the t- the athletes on both sides of the rivalry? Yeah, I think so. I, I think uh, you know, obviously, something like this had never really been done before within our community. So I think the the chance to have an opportunity to go out and and really serve the community that was a it was a completely free camp. We, uh, our booster clubs covered the, the t-shirts and, and things that we handed out at the end. But, um, I, I think there was, yeah, I would say the buy-in was pretty instant when this idea it was proposed. It was just a matter of figuring out the, deal. um, yeah, certainly from, from both sides, it was, it was going to be a big deal. And, and obviously inclusion is the word there. So, uh, no better way to make sure that the overall mission, what we were trying to do was represented by involving both, programs in town and we talk about football and sports in general as something that can bring groups of people together um, that don't necessarily have everything in common or it can bring communities together you know that very well obviously you know going from um from central to northern but you also know it in your house with your wife being the lacrosse coach of uh, of a combined team so was there anything uh, any any clues that you picked up from her on on how to kind of get these these two groups working together um or really it sounds like to me coach this was uh not the only time obviously with you talked about a march uh, last summer but uh, more of a continuation of let's let's put aside some of these um you know friday nights we're not we're not friendly but otherwise we can we can be one community but anything like that that you've you've picked up from other things whether it's it's your wife's coaching experience or other programs that you've done that that helped uh, that helped make this happen yeah, you know, I, I, I can't speak necessarily to uh, other districts that have multiple schools and, and necessarily how they function in terms of how their, their youth sport leagues. But here in Portage, uh, the majority of our of our youth recreational opportunities, whether whether it's football or baseball, basketball, all these different things. Uh, kids in this town all play with uh, through sports really from elementary school on up so you know being rivals on either side of town eventually obviously having to go to one high school or the other here but uh, we a lot of our kids all know each other and have known each other for a long time and um, obviously when the opportunity arises to compete with each other um, you know sometimes as an elementary teacher when when your kids always want to be on the same teams with friends I say hey it's it's a little more fun a little more gratifying to beat your friends sometimes but um, you know so the rivalry dynamic here yeah it, it is extremely strong but uh, I would also say it's it's pretty highly respectful um, as I say that as respectful as a rivalry can be I mean it, it certainly gets chippy at times 
and through our different uh, sports that we compete in. I and mean, football is obviously no different, but I'd say at the end of the day, there's a lot of respect for both both schools there. So, um, and obviously my wife's team, yeah, the, we have a couple different combined uh, sports within our, our high schools that, uh, that work together. So, um, yeah, certainly it's just it, all these kids know each other. At the end of the day, a lot of them all know each other. So uh, it's good to come together and, and serve the community as, as one united front. So like that, that generally, you know, putting putting aside the rivalry to, to come together for events like these and, and other important things that are going on in the in the in the country or the community, uh, do you feel like that sets a, a good example for for some of the the younger people that uh, and, and other people outside of the football team? That's like, look, if there's anybody that doesn't like each other as much as anybody, it's going to be these two football programs, or these two athletic programs. But look, we're going to come together for a greater good. Not every single day, um, but you said respect's a foundational element there, but also there's still going to be those times you're going to be working side by side together. Do you feel like that's a that's a good example for, um, or have you seen that sort of play out already in, um, in, uh, in as setting an example for, uh, for other folks in the community? Yeah, absolutely. Both football programs work as, as hard as anybody out there as far as building the types of programs and putting in the type of work that it takes to succeed at a high level, but um, at the end of the day, for for both of our staffs, I, I know I understand that uh, it's bigger than football. It's much, much bigger than football. We, we tell our kids over here at Northern all the time that the brand is Portage Northern. It's not Portage Northern football. And we can extrapolate that to our, our entire Portage public schools family. So um, we understand, I think both staffs do a great job of, of promoting to kids here that, you know, it does take obviously a certain amount of investment and work and sacrifice to uh, succeed and give yourselves a chance to compete with your teammates. But um, at the end of the day, it's much, much, much bigger than football. Our purpose goes way, way beyond that. I think that um, certainly this is an opportunity to show that in our community. Last question for you, coach. You're new to this side of the rivalry. Uh, obviously tough to leave somewhere you've been for a long time, seven years in, in your case, but a bold and brave decision for you, for your future as a coach and your family. Um, you know, you, you, I've read that you've you spent a lot of time thinking that through. What kind of inspiration or um, uh, example do you look to have of, of where um, a lot of times it's difficult to leave what we have as a good situation for something that even on paper seems like a better situation? It's still a change, and that can be scary or that can be difficult for adults, uh, teenagers, and, and the youth. And so do you look to, at that to maybe set, set an example or, 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 sh- or show um, rather than tell of, hey, look, I, I took this chance and – you know, I'm asking you this before the season, but you know, I took this chance to to make a to make a bold move myself, and and sort of here's how that as you're as you're teaching these, um, you know, the, the young men and women in your school, that they can make those same kind of brave decisions. Do you see that being a bit of an example yourself of of setting the tone that way? Yeah, you know, it comes down to priorities. And my situation that I was involved in the past seven years at Port of Central was was unbelievable. Some some great coaches that we worked with and guys who I still consider great friends. I was going to be competing against each other and and uh, some players and families where those relationships will exist for a long time. So um, it, in terms of making the the decision to, to get it over at Portage Northern, um, talking about priorities again, you know, number one for me, obviously, is my family and, and my wife and kids. And uh, my wife is, uh, you know, a teacher. We mentioned a coach in the district and very, very happy here. So um, and, and the house that we live in and, and obviously we love this community and raising our, our two young kids here. But um, this was the maybe the one opportunity 
in terms of myself wanting to achieve my personal goals as, as a head football coach and also the opportunity to teach power training in the high school and go from, you know, I enjoyed elementary time, but um, I really want to be around my players and, and obviously have that investment in the weight room and be able to build a program from that perspective as well. So that played a lot into it, but this is the one job where I, I knew that I could take without having to move my family and ask my wife to, uh, you know, have to uproot somewhere and, and uh, you know, because she has a career and goals obviously as well. And, so being our head varsity lacrosse coach here, she got hired at Portage Central this uh, this spring. So she's teaching over there. So, um, but, you know, to me, it comes down to, you know, every, every coach is a little bit different. I, I prefer from a family perspective to be living, teaching, coaching all within the same community. So for me, being, being a head coach is, was a goal, but I would say that it was not the goal. And the opportunity to take another maybe potentially head coaching job in a, in a different community that was local still without moving my family to me that that, uh, you know, everybody's different. But to me, I, I really want to be invested in one community. So um, Portage Northern certainly checked all the boxes for us and for our family and for our kids. Of course, it takes two teams, two head coaches to take time off from a rivalry to do something special for the community and the kids. Coach Mick Enders is the man behind Portage Central, and he'll tell the other half of this story. Where did this idea developed uh, over the summer? Was it something you guys tried to make happen during COVID and, and had to delay? Or, or talking about the origin of, uh, of the campability idea? Well, I, Kurt, Kurt, it was Kurt's idea. You know, obviously, Kurt being on staff at, uh, at Portage Central and then him getting the job at Portage Northern, you know, it's a relationship that we've had. Um, the prior years, we, we've done a few different uh, events with Portage Northern with Coach Skirmelhorn before he retired. And it was just natural when, when Kurt called to uh, continue, you know, working with our programs together for the community, whether, you know, with Campability, which was a great idea. And um, the kids had a blast and it was, it was a lot of fun joining them and uh, putting on Campability. From your perspective, what was, uh, what was the feeling and, and, and mood like from your players when you you know, fired off the email or text this summer, say, hey, we're going to get together. It's going to be uh, with uh, with Portage Northern and it's going to be, you know, we're, we're doing we're doing something community focused rather than, um, you know, necessarily technique or, or practicing plays or something like that over the summer. Um, it, it was they, they were excited, you know, it's, you know, two schools, but, you know, they, they grew up you know, with rocket football together, you know, whether it be basketball, but whatever the case may be, they, they've grown up and they know each other and um, the kids were excited and uh, looking forward to, to working with, with the other kids. And, um, you know, we went over to Northern's field. Uh, they hosted the camp this year and it was a lot of fun. And the, the kids were tremendous, both, both schools. What was the, uh, you know, as you guys were working together to put together that, that run of show or, or the camp, schedule that day um what was that like or what what kind of considerations there have or what sort of environment or or structure did you want to create while leaving some of that still open because these are a lot of kids that are having their first football experience ever so it's not obviously going to be as regimented of a of a day but what was your thoughts going into uh, into building that uh, that day structure uh, just keeping it pretty loose for the kids, you know, just making sure that they were comfortable and, and doing, you know, we had stations set up and then also on the side there, there was, there was an area where, you know, if they needed a, a moment to settle down or, you know, just, just to be by themselves, they could do that. And um, each of the campers had a uh, high school player with them. Um, some of them had two, you know, and they just kind of worked and 
um it, it was just a lot of fun you know it was real real, real just ba basic low key you know, low key and just relaxing and going through it and letting the kids have fun. And, you know, if they want to stay at a station for 20 minutes, they can stay there for 20. If they wanted to walk right next to the offensive line station without doing it, they could do that as well. Uh, you know, it's clear what, what the, the kids who the camp was created for are going to get out of it. They're going to have an opportunity to, to see some of the, you know, uh, local town heroes in terms of the, the, the varsity players on, on each side of, uh, of Portage. Um, and have that first fun football experience and, and get to go on a field and that kind of a thing. What did you look for your players to get from uh, from their side of it, of, of being involved and volunteering on these kinds of things? Uh, just seeing the excitement on the, on the campers' face, you know, j just the, the pure joy of, you know, just being out there and um, participating in something that they've enjoyed and um, giving back to, to the younger kids, you know, and um, that, that was, that was a lot of fun to see, especially with some of our seniors, you know, we, we have a, uh, a pretty solid senior group this year and um, just to uh, give them that opportunity, I, I think they they gained just as much as some of the campers. Maybe you know it was it was a lot of fun. It was a great event, and um, look forward to keeping that tradition going and uh, hosting the event next year at our our facility. Yeah. So it's got was it was that always in the plans of of hey let's have this alternate let's create something that's not just for this summer but that's for several summers into the future or was it it was it kind of that decision happened after when you saw that there was it was very successful um a, a little bit before but mostly after the camp you know i was talking to kurt for a little bit and i said you know th this is you know j what a fun day and i go next year i go how about we do a home and away you know we'll, we'll host it next year we have two brand new um turf facilities that are phenomenal and just to give everyone an opportunity to get on those facilities i think is tremendous as a person that's been coaching in some capacity for, for two decades at, at Portage Central and, and obviously a, a native son of Portage as well, as you shared with me, you know, did that have an extra sense for you, not just being doing this as um, as the head coach uh, of one of the head coaches in town to, you know, connect it with your school and your job, but also someone that's been part of this community for basically your entire life, almost save a couple of years. Did that mean something a little bit extra or was that a, an extra reasoning for, for trying to do something that is, um, so important to, to give back to the community in this sense? It, absolutely. You know, you, you always want to make sure that you're welcoming to everyone in the community. Um, and, you know, and also ju just the fact of promoting our sport, you know, that, that over the past few years, football has taken a little bit of a hit through different areas and, you know, just to, you know, be out there and be supportive of everyone in our community and le letting them know that, Hey, you know, we're, we're here to do good things. And, uh, you know, just to get everyone out there and a sport that, you know, we all enjoy and having some fun out there. It, this is, you obviously you had to, had to modify some drills uh, to, to make this, uh, to make this event happen for some children with disabilities. And, uh, at USA football, we talk a lot about modified game types of, uh, from your traditional 11 on 11 full field tackle, uh, you know, the, a step below that, a modified contact version, whether that's a tackle bar, rookie tackle, smaller field, fewer players, or even down into non-contact and, and flag. Um, there are even multiple other kinds of modified game types. In an earlier episode of this season's podcast, we talked to a, a youth league out of Wisconsin that has a, a type called Challenger League where they have a league that goes on every Saturday 
throughout the fall season with kids with all different types of disabilities. Um, it's a flag game. It's not competitive. Every game ends in a tie. Everybody gets the opportunity to touch the ball, score a touchdown, those kinds of things. So all that's to say, you know, from your perspective, as you've shared, you know, obviously you've been being in and around football for a long time. Why do you think it's important to modify the game or, or, or take some of those, keep the core elements, but change a little bit of some of those other things, whether it's reducing contact or finding some other ways to uh, let kids with disabilities, you know, welcome them into the game. Why do you feel like that's an important thing to, to grow the game and, and to reach more people? Well, I, I think it's one really important that, you know, it's, it's safe first and foremost. Um, and two, that we give everyone an opportunity that wants to play to be able to play whatever that looks like, however we can adjust. And, you know, I, I think you need to be flexible um, in different areas. And, and I think the more people you get involved, the better off you're going to be in the long run. And however that, however that works out, you know, it may, it may look different for, you know, different communities, different areas. Um, but whatever the case may be, the, the more you can get involved, the better off you're going to be in the long run and support your sport, your community, your programs um, in, in the end. On behalf of USA Football, thank you for listening to the Football for All podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or the show, please rate it, review it, and share it with friends or on social media. A stronger future of football needs people like Coach Twitchell, Coach Enders, and people like you. Head to usafootball.com FDM for more on the football development model and our vision of football for all. This episode was produced by Jacob Fresky and hosted by me, Jesse Giorzi. Supporting content was created by Jacob and our creative team. Thanks to everyone at Portage Northern and Portage Central for their support.